Hello and welcome to episode 981 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, September 24th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We have just over a week. It's it's the, you know, it's the home stretch of the home stretch. And uh, we're both trying to put some bows on some titles. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's intense. It's crunch my, time. Uh, my main event lead dropped to four yesterday. Thank you, Adam Wainwright and Max Scherzer. And uh, it's got me a little nervous, I'm not going to lie. How How's everything coming with you? Uh, I think... I think most of the leagues I'm winning are pretty safe right now, though Good. my three-sport uh, dynasty league where I've been, like, no joke, like a week or two ago, I was up by like 15 to 20 points or something like that. Uh, apparently, I have lost that lead. Um, Whoa. Uh, yeah, so a team in fourth has just gone on a terror, and uh, he has pulled ahead. I'm, I'm still going to win the overall, even if I lose the league. Okay, um, that's good. But it's a matter of pride to, to win the league, you know. Um, so I'm, uh, I definitely I definitely got a little bit of a battle there. Uh, but it, I think it also reminds us that like leads aren't safe right now necessarily. Like don't no. don't don't like stop paying attention. Not that I stopped paying attention in that league, but other people did, and I think that helped him kind of climb up the ladder a little bit. So um, that can be tough because mm-hmm. you know. I'm always trying to keep a full lineup, and I'm I'm not perfect on it. I will not be like I've never, you know, had a mediocre to bad team that that has had a hurt guy in it. Definitely have, but my goal is to be there all six months, even on the bad teams, because me putting in my best players and and trying to keep a full lineup can help, you know, alter the standings. And I know it can alter the standings the other way if you don't do it. But I, I like to keep pushing. Um, I don't like this notion of – I know there's some leagues that kind of cultivate this idea of like, okay, once – for like head-to-head, like once the playoffs start, everyone back off the waiver pool. And like it depends. If you're doing consolation game and stuff like that, I say keep it going. Or if there's keepers – I don't know. There's different rules. But unless the league has an otherwise like set-in-stone rule – I'm staying involved, even if I'm in last place. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's people's money. You you use your money however you want. If true, you, true. Uh, if you want to flush your money down the toilet and not participate, uh, you know, thank you for donating your money. Um, yeah, but yeah. if if you wanna if you wanna you know try to you know move up from tenth to eighth or you know seventh to fifth. Like that's your money. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna be mad that you want to do that. I, that's, that's what I want to do. So yeah, uh, like exactly. Both of my main yeah. event leagues, uh, I would need an absolute miracle um, to cash in uh, at this point. Uh, thanks to Phil Dussault. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I'm still. I'm still working the waiver wire, and I'm still. Uh, you know, set my lineups and, and trying to figure out how I can best like kind of manipulate things uh, down the stretch. Uh, yep. Because yeah, I mean that's just who I am as a as a competitor. Yeah, and I think that's that's where I generally come out too. And you know, I I think uh, I think most people should. Yeah, I know life gets gets in the way, and, and I'm not here to talk down to people or chastise. I'm just saying if you're just actively not doing it, like you know, oh, I'm gonna 
ignore that league, but you're still doing all your other stuff. There is no time constraint or anything. I think you're doing a disservice to your leagues. So anyway, uh, unintended PSA there. Uh, good luck to everyone chasing things. I know there's um, finals wrapping up as far as head to head stuff because some people don't use the final week the way football has become now. That's the gold standard in football. I think we're kind of moving more and more toward that in baseball because of how funky it can get with movement. Um, I will say, at least with the 28-man roster instead of the 40, we get guys on the IL a little bit better. You know, previous years when with the 40-man, someone's hurt and very clearly just not going to come back. They wouldn't IL them. And in one of my leagues, I'm no longer in it. It was a, my NL only auction. We used to have a rule that, like, if you had something from Rotowire or something else that was like he's out, then we're going to treat him as an IL player. Like, if you had news that could kind of prove it, because that would suck when a team would not oh, put them on the IL. So frustrating. That's that's the one nice part about, or one of the nice parts about the not having 40 men on the roster. Yes. At the end of the season. Uh, and also, you know, your your guy getting you know six at bats a week yep. <laughs> because they're rotating so much. Yep. Uh, before we move on to like uh, kind of our topic for today, uh, congratulations, second overall in the Rat Slam. Thank you, thank you. That was uh, that was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the best ball format of it. Um, I, I definitely plan on doing some more leagues like that. I know that you're trying to shift some of your DC leagues mm-hmm. into best ball format. So you're doing the draft and then it's really a set it and forget it sort of situation. Yeah. But yeah. I really enjoyed that. And I tried a strategy that um, I didn't know if it would have any chance of working. And one of the main reasons I didn't kind of talk through it was because I didn't want to be talked out of it. But I purposely didn't participate in the first fab run because I wanted to have all my money for the for the second and last one. Uh, like that, that made it sound like there's two individuals. The final one, there's only two. So I, I decided to issue the first one and say let's get because that was on April 13th. Second one was on six eight. Now I had to be confident that I wasn't going to have a bunch of zeros in between that point and really put myself in a hole. But then it allowed me to go crazy in that final one. And I got Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, his teammate, Patrick Wisdom, Brad Miller, and Eric Haas. And I feel pretty good about that. Um, There were some good guys to go in the first one. Jonathan India was the top guy, you know, rookie of the year, getting him that early. Emmanuel Cosse, Jazz Chisholm, um, Akil Badu. Oscar E. Noah, although he missed a ton of the summer. But then there's like Ian Kennedy, who's, you know, he's all right. Alex Cobb was hurt good when he pitched. But anyway, it was just a strategy I tried, and it seemed to help me because I think I was able to get some uh, some better guys in that second run that ended up, uh, you know, I didn't get as much time with them, but I felt great about that. So that was something I tried. Um, and then as far as the draft goes, it was kind of a balanced team. I don't think that there was uh, a set strategy there of like, oh, I'm going to go heavy infield or outfield or whatever. I did kind of – I think that hitting is favored a bit more in that uh, in that format if I remember the scoring. So my pitching was really spent on my uh, 
my, my guys like the, to really turn it around. Like Brandon Woodruff was my ace, but then like Joe Musgrove, Frankie Montas, Aaron Savali, Jose Urquidy, Cal Quantrill, Max Fried. I had Logan Gilbert, which was a great late pick. So yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole team and bore everybody, but uh, I really enjoyed that format and I'm happy to get second. I wish I could have brought home the title, but I'll, I'll take a second place for sure. Yeah, I, I bet. So thank um, you. I uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of guys in the industry uh, because the the cut line is over too. Um, cut line championship. Brock Miller finished seventh overall in the. Let's uh, the go. Line. Uh, and uh, and draft sheet. Our buddy draft sheet finished fourteenth overall. Hey, congratulations to both of them. That's yeah, dope. That's awesome. I I just love seeing guys in the industry do well in these these you know huge overall competitions. Same, and then um, you know getting to know folks. It's it's mm-hmm. like oh. You know, kind of rooting vicariously for him, especially if I'm not doing well. I'm like, oh, come on. I hope my, my homies do that. You know, I look for you in the standings. Mm-hmm. I look for uh, James Anderson, Clay Link, yep. whenever I'm looking in the standings. Vlad Sedler, Jeff Erickson. I can't name them all. But, you know, our friends. I, I go through and I, I want to see how they're doing. So yep. um, uh, that's And awesome. hopefully uh, that's some people come out to first pitch Arizona. So, yes, uh, it's yeah. happening next month. I can't wait. Yeah, it's not too late to get uh, to uh, to uh, you know buy your tickets for first pitch Arizona. There's going to be a lot of really really awesome people in the industry uh, there. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there, Jason Eno. Um, I think Derek Van Riper, uh, Nick Pollock. Uh, Ariel Cohen, I think, is going for his first time. Alex Fast might be going. I don't Ooh. know for sure, but I, I think haven't heard he from Alex about it yet. But uh, I know, uh, you know, Michael Simeone, Mike Curlin, David McDonald, uh, Bubba Entrekin, um, uh, Toby uh, Batflip Crazy, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Erickson, Todd Zola, like uh, Ryan Bloomfield, like just so many cool people in the industry. Rob Silver said he's going to. Um, so like our better halves are going to, yeah, your wife, my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. I'm, be there I'm excited. Well. Michael Govier so, and his girlfriend's coming. Fantastic. It's going to be great. Um, I'm excited. While we're passing out league based kudos, uh, Tanner Bell mm-hmm. holding a nice 22 point lead in TGFBI. That is obviously, uh, far from locked considering second place gained 27 and a half yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he knows that that's not over, but that's, uh, that's, at Smart Fantasy BB and Dylan the White with is uh, one of my writers at Friends Fantasy Benefits. And that's who's chasing him. Yep. And then our friend uh, Rob DiPietro is in fourth, and the aforementioned draft sheet mm-hmm. is in fifth. And so. John Fernandez, who is a satellite winner, is in third. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, and Jordan Rosenblum, who is the youngest uh, participant in TGFBI. He's I believe 16 years old shut up is in eighth. So it's uh yeah, Stop that's going to be a really cool kind of finish. Yeah, it is far from over. Uh, a lot can happen. Howard Bender in 15th shouts to him, but uh, that's going to be a great, that's going to be a great finish there. Your boys top 55. <laughs> I was going to say top 50. I had been there most <laughs> of the year. I'm 55. now in 54th. So <laughs> I had to pivot there at the last second. But uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to work my way up into the top 100. I you know that'd be uh, a nice finish. You we'll didn't see. get your first save until three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, I'm still looking <laughs> for my second save. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite true, but if you guys didn't hear at the beginning of the year, it literally took him like a month 
to get a save. You, it actually took Shelly longer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Poor Shelly. Yeah. That's tough. So, uh, and my, my wife is uh, just inside the top 300. So, a respectable finish for her. Um, but uh, Very nice. Take, but you did indeed win. Yes. yes. You did indeed win. All right. Well, you know, lord that over her at your own peril, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, I don't think she's going to care that much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, then, then you get to then she you get lords, to she lords so many more things over my head that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really matter. More, more important things. Yeah, exactly. Well, plenty of people still fighting, uh, not just through this, not just through this weekend, but into the final week next week. So we're doing streamers again, and just kind of talk about the guys that uh, have some likely availability and whether or not we want to start them. So let's jump in on Saturday. Let's start with John Means. John Means Business facing Texas. He started off brilliantly this year. Remember, he was one of the kind of big standouts. He's had a good season still. Um, you're not dissuaded by by him at all, right? Because he's been actually closing quite strong. He had, a, he had a little August lull there. Maybe a little dog days hit him a little bit. Um, back-to-back sub-five-inning outings. But since then, he's now strung together what would be six straight uh, quality starts if he had like an inning extra there that he could sprinkle onto some of those outings. But 36 and two-thirds with a 270 ERA, 30 strikeouts. John Means, a, a lock starter for you? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, the the struggles he had uh, go hand-in-hand hand with him going on the bereavement list. Um, he lost his father... Uh, earlier this season, um, and I believe that, that last year. Uh, oh yeah, that was last year. Uh, he lost someone earlier this year. Did he? Oh my god! Um, so back to back years. So like, uh, yeah, because he was on the bereavement placed on the bereavement list on August fifth. So obviously he was going through something around that time. Uh, mm-hmm. And like one of the things we don't talk about uh, very much in the industry and stuff is just like life happens for people. Yes. You know, um, and it's so hard to quantify what that means when you're going through something off the field. Uh, and you have to wonder, like, how much the off the field stuff affected him. Because, I mean, over his last, you know, six starts, he's been really good. 270 ERA, uh, 30 strikeouts in 36 innings. Um, That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and against some quality competition, he faced Atlanta, Tampa Bay, the Yankees twice, Philadelphia, uh, you know, Kansas City, who sucks. But, um, you know, the majority of that competition is pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think he's pretty safe to start, and I think he's a guy that uh, I'm not going to be afraid of coming into next season. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I'm really going to be interested in investing in him. Um, I think John Means still has kind of the capability of putting up a full, you know, 180-plus inning season of some of the flashes of what we've seen of high quality work. Um, and hopefully he can just avoid the off the field crap, you know, I mean, that, that, that's awful. And like you said, we never know what, what folks are going through. I think, didn't we just have a Kevin Gosman like bumpy issue when he mm-hmm. was dealing with off season, uh, off, off the field stuff yeah, with his, his family. His wife had pregnant some wife. pregnancies, uh, pregnancy issues. Yeah. Um, and he honestly hasn't looked quite like himself since then exactly 
and this so whole month you, has been a little bleh. yeah and so you kind of wonder like you know new father <laughs> up, mm-hmm. get, having to get up in the middle of the night change diapers and stuff like that uh affects him maybe a little bit um you know or just you know the stress of his wife was uh you know in the hospital uh you know through the like i think the last trimester of their pregnancy so um yeah, yeah i mean i think there's a uh, all sorts of reasons why people, you know, we saw this with what Gene Segura a few years back. Yeah. Oh um, was terrible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these are people too. So, yeah, um, yeah and that's important. I think, remember. I think means is showing that he's kind of back on track and, uh, that he is a must start rest of the way. And, uh, that, uh, like I said, well, he's a guy that we can trust coming into next year. He means business. He absolutely does. He does. John means. Uh, Nick Pavetta gets the Yankees. All in all, his season has been very Pavetta esque. Yes. <laughs> you know, home run issues stifle his upside. 463 RA, 134 whip, 26% strikeout rate. So you like those K's. Uh, last 30 days, he's had a 6 ERA in 18 innings with a 22% strikeout rate. You taking the shot with Pavetta against the Yankees, and again, let's start. Our, let's have our frame of reference kind of be in the more um, loose area, and kind of work from there in terms of streamers. Like we're more go for it overall. It doesn't mean you have to say yes on Pavetta, but like let's kind of start in that threshold. Oh man, this is a scary one. It's uh, terrifying. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would. Um want to risk it here uh i mean over his last seven starts he's got a 483 ra he gets a strikeout in inning um so i mean i guess if you're hunting for strikeouts and wins it's not the worst of uh gambles um i mean he only has one win since july 20th though yeah and he's only gone he's only gone five twice in the last five starts and it was it was neither were like six it was five and five and a third for Pavetta. Mm-hmm. so there's some risk there his last like mega dud i mean last start out was pretty bad three yeah. two thirds three runs against baltimore but the last like holy crap mega dud was against these yankees four runs in an inning and two thirds and they didn't even get a homer off and they didn't even need a homer so i'm i'm apt even with a loosened threshold I'm apt to still pass here. I just think yeah. the downside is too severe. Yeah, it, I mean he he could he could be one of the guys that you know puts up like two and a third and gives up seven runs. So yep, um, I, I'm probably avoiding this one unless it's like really my only option. Yeah, I think uh, you you try not to do this here. I'd rather have Eli Morgan is next. That's that's our next guy here, Eli Morgan. He's shown some flashes this year. I think he's going to get some deep league off-season buzz of, like, keep an eye on the next Cleveland guy because when people start digging in, they can find some things there that are that are appealing. He shows his volatility, I mean, just within his last seven. Uh, five earned, zero, four, which was in four and a third. Two, zero, seven, one. That was six innings, one earned at the Yankees. Uh, really nice outing there to kind of lure people back in. Gets the White Sox here, though. Not an easy draw at all. Uh, you said you take it over Pavetta, but how likely would you from a from a zero starting point, not just in relation to Pavetta? Uh, I think it's closer to zero than it is to 10. 
Okay. Um, probably like maybe a two three. or three, something okay. like that. Uh, I mean, he just gives up so many home runs. Yep. And Put the White Sox ass. are really good at hitting home runs. Even with bench guys, you know, yeah. they're throwing a couple other guys in there, and they're still clubbing home runs with Gavin Sheets and I'm failed to think of a second sub because I'm an idiot. Brian Goodwin, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but I agree. It's They're too scary. They're too scary for me. Um, I'm kind of – I'm definitely hashtag never Toronto with streamers. Mm-hmm. Pretty close to never White Sox either. The only, I mean, the only caveat is, you know, and this is something, especially if you're in your daily moves leagues and a lot of people that we're talking about uh, or, you know, are guys you can pick up in your daily moves yeah. leagues. Um Take a look at the lineup because the White Sox did clinch, right? So I was good. Yep. They they they're gonna be giving guys extra days off and stuff. So if that's if, a great call, you know, Eloy and and Robert are uh, are on the bench, maybe you go, okay, this is a this is a matchup I'll, I'll take a shot on. A lot of times there's like a Sunday lineup where mm-hmm. it really is like you know three or four backups. He's pitching Saturday, though, so Eli Morgan might not benefit from that. But keep an eye on some Sunday lineups this week um, because some of the guys that we're going to talk about in the Sunday section could be a little bit more viable uh, in that aspect for the exact reason that you're talking about. Um, Jaime Berea against Seattle. Over the last 30 days, he's got a 338 ERA but a 171 whip, which tells me that that ERA might be a little fraudulent. 9% strikeout minus walk rate. That's really bad. You want uh, teen, teens level or higher there. Um, so it's a 482 Sierra in that time. Would you take a shot on Berea here against the Mariners, who are sticking around, by the way. They refuse to go away in terms of this wild card race. Yeah, I, I don't mind this one. This is, I mean, outside of the means, uh, you know, means at tax or versus taxes. Like, this seems like. And, me, and means won't be as available, by the way. I included yeah. him really to talk more about his trajectory on the season. It's going to be a more shallow league availability. But you like Berea better than Pavetta and Morgan? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, he's been surprisingly good over his last five starts 338 ERA. Um, yeah, the, like you mentioned, the FIP and X FIP and the WHIP haven't been great, but um, I it comes from like allowing ten hits to Houston last time out, but only giving mm-hmm. up two runs, eight base runners to them in four innings to start before that, but only allowing one run. So he's been doing the proverbial dodging raindrops situation. Yeah, I mean he's getting a lot of ground balls, forty-eight percent ground ball percentage. Uh, so yeah I think I I think he's one of the guys that I would roll with it's not uh it's not a great matchup but not a bad matchup uh and I you know I like the way he's been pitching I think the angels would give him a little bit of leash uh hopefully he doesn't get you know pulled early or something like that like he did uh in a couple of these starts uh recently but um, they let him go seven against Texas let him go five and thirds and last start against Houston um, in spite of those uh, ten uh, it's given up uh, so I think uh the Angels are probably looking to kind of let him soak up some innings. Yeah, I think the uh, the matchup helps with Berea here, too. I, I would be hard by that because while they are sticking around Seattle, um, it's not because they have, like, some punishing offense. So uh, Berea it does have some some interest there. You're not getting Ks, though. So 16% rate in the last 30 days, if that's what you're chasing, he's not as— spicy you're really kind of hoping to get five plus innings and then maybe 
spike that win if the, if the mm-hmm. offense can come alive. Maybe a little uh, Shohei Otani magic can get you get you there. He, but he he's just been, went stole his twenty fourth base. That's crazy. <laughs> been a little cold at the dish, but I mean, yeah, forty five home runs and the most brilliant season. Yeah, just just brilliant. You see the MVP. Um, yeah, oh, like he, right. easily for me. Okay, I, and, and I, I, like there's this, I, been this whole discussion that it should be Vlad. I'm like, I don't understand how this is a discussion. It, it's unreal. And like, shut up about the triple crown. I'm sorry. Please shut up, because it's it's such a contrived nothing that like it's a cool name, and I, you know, hat tip when when people do it. It was awesome when Miggy did it, but he did not deserve that over Trout, uh, the MVP that year. Mm-hmm. You know what's really cool? Being an elite hitter and pitcher. That's even cooler than leading three arbitrary categories. Like doing that something that overlap. nobody has done in 100 years. Is... Exactly. You know, you talk about something that, you know, when when Miggy did the Triple Crown, it was like 60 years or something. Um, so, okay, cool. It's something that hadn't been done since Yaz. But now it's been done relatively recently. How about the guy who hasn't done anything since, done, hasn't done something since Ruth? Babe freaking Ruth. So, yeah, it's not even a question to me, and it has nothing negative about Vlad Jr. He has a brilliant season going. It's Shohei, and it's it, it's truly not even close for me. Yeah, like I, I don't understand, like, is this just, like, people wanting to keep it interesting? Or yes. is this because the Angels suck? Um, also that. both you, you nailed the top two reasons, I believe. Okay, because I, I really don't understand it. Imagine where the Angels would be without him. Oh, my God. They'd be the Rangers, yeah. right? Exactly. This is what they're doing with Otani. Oh, my God, dude. Can't wait to see how they waste Otani and Trout next year. That should be fun. Jordan Lyles um, going against Baltimore in Baltimore. Had back-to-back seven-inning gems against Arizona and Houston. So, you know, Arizona, whatever. But Houston, that's awesome. And, by the way, I'll even give him a lot of credit for the Arizona one because it's Jordan Lyles. You're not really expecting uh, expecting seven innings of one-run ball, so I'm going to give him credit even in an easy matchup. He was really stringing it together, but then he gives up five in three and two-thirds against the White Sox. That's why I mentioned how difficult they are. And he, too, has been super volatile. Five, one, eight, three, one, zero, five. So you know the downside is there, but there is some real upside. I know in Baltimore can be tough. That park, the ball can fly. I think I would take a shot on this, though. If I, Again, if I'm gambling, I know my risks. This is the AL leader in earned runs and hits and the MLB leader in home runs allowed. So it can be a nightmare. But if you're really Hail Marying it, I think Lyles has some appeal. I, you know, So I think with the looser threshold, I'm willing to take a shot here against Baltimore with Jordan Lyles. What about you? Yeah, I'm not doing that. I just... This feels like the game where Cedric Mullins gets his thirtieth home run. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jordan Lyles. I mean, the one place I would use Jordan Lyles is like so. I'm in a dynasty league in which like I have to make it over the innings threshold, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm rebuilding, so that way I can not lose a draft pick um, or, or lose so you, my draft so you pick would status. Eat some Lyles innings. Is what I would eat. Saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I'd start he'll, Lyles he'll, over Morgan. <sighs> Hasn't he shown more recent upside here with some of these gems? I think I'd still start Morgan. I mean, he's beaten. He went into Boston through seven innings, one run ball. 
uh, beating Colorado does not impress me, but he did it. It was in in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're kind of the same pitcher. Morgan's got a yeah, little bit so, higher strikeout upside, but yeah, major home run issues. So I'm taking the better matchup in that instance. Yeah, okay, I think that's fair. I okay. still don't want either of them, but that's, and that part is I can totally get. I mean, streaming is not always, uh, you know, shiny, shiny, fun players. You 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 write about streaming in the Roto Write Up, so you know this as well as anybody that. The, the pickings can be slim. And so. this, I mean, this is, you know, going to like a strategy standpoint, like this is why I'm more aggressive streaming early. So I yes. don't have to be as aggressive streaming late. I, I, I agree. And I, I'm with that. And then especially when you're streaming earlier, you can sometimes land on somebody that you keep for a while, mm-hmm. uh, if not for the full year. And that can, you know, that's another reason too, and then you're not having to play catch up because you got Adam Wayne right off the waiver wire randomly, and he became a huge part of your main event team, and then has like his worst start of the year at the worst time, the same day Max Scherzer gets hit. I'm just making up a scenario that is, you know, uh, just a weird out there hmm. scenario. It's very specific. Not, no, 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 no. You got me mistaken. This is just like a a, a what if hypothetical type of deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, Rich Hill, Rich Hill. Has some availability. He's only 40% at ESPN. So even accounting for dead leagues and whatnot, there's still going to be some availability. That's why I still put him on this list. Um, he's got the most appealing numbers by a landslide over the rest of these Saturday guys. I'm just seeing if you are uh, you know, gung-ho on him in shower leagues because Rich Hill does have to go to Milwaukee. 270 ERA, 113 whip, 28% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate in the last 30 days for the 41-year-old. So again, he's been cooking. 387 ERA for the season. Just want to see if you're if you're a full go if he is on the wire in shower leagues, even though he's facing Milwaukee. Rich Hill, how you feeling about it? Yeah, I think I'm a full go. Um, I mean, he hasn't uh, given up more than three earned runs in an appearance uh, since July. That's um, hang on, let me look it up. That's good. Yeah, it is. I, I, good. Saw, I saw that on the internet right mm-hmm. here. It says that's actually good. So yeah, I mean. You know, there's always the chance that he doesn't go deep enough to get the win. That happened in his last start uh, against uh, Philadelphia. But uh, he's been really, really good when he's been pitching. Um, and I don't know if I said this on this podcast. You know, it hasn't happened since uh, uh, they took away sticky stuff. Rich Hill hasn't gotten a blister. Hmm. Um, I know I said this on the CBS pod. When That's actually, actually really something. interesting. It is, yeah. That's a um, good. Uh, that's a good find. Yeah, did you so, find that on your own? I did. Um, Excellent. I, I just, I just, I just was thinking about it when I was. Way, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about it on when I was on a podcast, and I was like, um, I was on uh, Matt Williams's podcast uh, for uh, an NBC Sports Edge, um, and it, we were talking about Rich Hill, and just in my head, I was like, he hasn't had a blister like almost all year, and then I was yeah. like, oh, they got rid of the sticky stuff. And it actually helped him. That's yeah. That's pretty dope. That's like so, really interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's causation or correlation, but yeah. Um, but I mean, with something like that, I don't know. I I don't want to just say well, just because I, I agree with it and it fits really well that it's definitely causation. But it seems pretty good. He's definitely a guy who lost some spin. Um, yeah, but he's but kept his fingers intact. It's cr- exactly. You know, um, creaky old fingers. You gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. 
So, so Rich Hill, we definitely do that where available. It's not going to be wide availability, but we're slam dunking that even against a team like Milwaukee, um, just because he can be so good. We know he can have blowups, but it's never really opponent based. It's him based. And usually when those fingers start cracking and your point about the blister with Rich Hill, very apt. Well done on that one. What about Eric Fetty going to Cincinnati? He's got a 592 ERA in the last 30 days, but a 127 whip and uh, 26% strikeout, 2% walk. So some quality skills, decent whip. That that ERA is really high, um, owed to a 54% left on base rate and a 3.3 homer per nine. Yeah, that's so <laughs> mixed bag there by Fetty. Uh, but he's going to Cincinnati, which is probably enough to scare you off. But I want to see where you're at anyway. Eric Fetty at Cincinnati. He has zero walks uh, given up in his last three outings and seven home runs. Oh, my God. Walk yeah. somebody, dude. Yeah. At some point you just go, um, maybe I shouldn't throw this one in the zone. Uh, yeah. Like, I guarantee that there's been some scenarios of those seven homers where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, it was 3-1. You didn't have to lay a meatball in there. Just walk. He also has a 100% strand rate in those three starts. So that means all the runs have come from the homers. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm messing with this one at Cincinnati. Not a good ballpark, a place they like to hit home runs. Um, yep. And he's got a homer problem. So Yeah, three homers in two of those outings that you just mm-hmm. talked about. 1.6 this year is very much in line with his 1.6 career. I think it's too risky. The downside's too severe, even with the uh, with with the strikeout and walk ratios over the over the last month. I still can't do it with Fetty, so I'm gonna pass. Next up is Vladimir Gutierrez, his opponent in that game. He's had an interesting season. I mean, he kind of kept it going way longer than I thought, because I remember looking at him. I've talked about him on on show before call him spider neck in my twitch stream because he has a giant tattoo of a spider on his neck and so he was kind of a meme that we love talking about but then i started watching him when he finally got called up i'm like i don't think this guy's very good i wouldn't tell him to his face because he has a spider on his <laughs> neck so he's crazy but um it, it didn't make sense he's like he doesn't have an out pitch i just don't get it then he started getting some strikeouts so he was like the the you know, strikeout stuff was starting to develop a bit. He had a nice strikeout rate in August, but he's finally kind of, you know, leveled out uh, to where I think he should be. 884 ERA in the last month uh, in 18 and a third innings across five starts with just 12 strikeouts, seven walks, six homers. Uh, the Nats, you might think, well, that the matchup brings it back into focus. It does not. They're top 10 against righties over the last 30 days, and they have been pretty consistently. So what do you think about Vladimir Gutierrez at home facing the Nats and their seventh WOBA against uh, righties in the last 30 days? Yeah, the, the Nats have actually been really good. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. And you know who else has? The Cubs. The mm-hmm. Cubs are ninth in WOBA against righties. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I I don't know I don't know what it is. And even Patrick Corbin, he he threw six and two thirds scoreless. Was that like your favorite? Yes. Like, like, was that the same as like going on the hub for you to watch that mm-hmm. start? Yeah, you love. Maybe he did walk three guys, but um, it's all right. Yeah, only gave up three hits. Um, yeah, that's I mean that's really good. So uh, yeah, I'm not touching this one. Uh, in in those five starts you were referencing, um, he's only gone five innings once, and he just 
barely went five innings. Uh, giving up home runs. Uh, he's not really striking guys out. He, he, in the one, in the one game he went five, he struck out six. In the other four starts, he's got a total of six strikeouts. Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, his home run to fly ball rate, uh, over those, uh, five starts, 31.6%. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, just no. Uh, you've outlined why that's a big no there with Vlad Gutierrez. Speaking of guys you like, not uh, not Vlad, but but Corbin there, uh, but pivoting to another one. Eh, that was a terrible segue. Let's just be honest. That was a brutal. <laughs> you know brutal what? It's segue. the end of the season. You know, you mail it in once or twice. <laughs> you know, you hit that you hit that uh, the wall there as as the season draws on. Now that was a bad segue, but your boy Zach Gallon. Um, it's weird that we're talking about him as a streamer, but that's where he is right now. He's not a locked in starter. He is on some waiver wires. He gets the Dodgers. Which normally you'd be like, well, I gotta give some pause to that. They've been consistently bottom five in Woba against righties. How do they uh, keep winning games? I know that's the crazy part because every time I do the SP chart every day, they're like twenty eighth, twenty fifth. Like they're they're a bit better against lefties, but they've been facing a lot of righties. And every day their ranking starts with a two. They're twenty eighth in the last thirty days with a two eighty one ahead of only the D backs and Angels. Does Zach Gallon? have enough juice to go for it here. He's faced these Dodgers and the Astros on the road in his last two starts. He's come away with decent outings, five and a third, four runs, four strikeouts, six innings, four runs, seven strikeouts. Would you take another shot here with Gallon against the Dodgers at home? Uh, I kind of put him at like a five. Okay, um, on, the, on the one to ten scale there? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to. But I would do it over a lot of the other guys we've already talked about. Um, I agree with that aspect. Yep. You know, there's just, I mean, if you're looking at your Saturday starters, um, and if we're talking like specifically Saturday, so like, you know, you're in a daily moves lineup, you could pick someone, you could drop whoever you picked up for Saturday and, and grab something new on Sunday. Um, those kind of leagues, uh, like the, the enticing options are just not there on Saturday as opposed mm-hmm. to Sunday. So, yep. Uh, I think if I if I'm really looking to stream someone, I think he you know he he kind of goes below John Means, um, but I think I would put him in front of maybe everyone we've talked about except for Rich Hill. Okay. So I think he's so far third on this list, and probably will end up being third. You know, I think the the discussion with about Anthony Descalfani is is the only one. But being in Colorado, that that'll be a that'll be a tough sell. That, that'll make it uh, a lot easier to be like. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, uh, Saturday is not a great day to stream just in general. Um, so, all right, I think that's uh, completely fair with regards to Zach Gallon. There's definitely some upside. Um, he has quietly, you know, been pitching better after some bumps. Where where are you on him for next year? You back in? On Zach Gallon, you know, obviously with the caveat of he comes in relatively healthy for what we know. We can't know for sure. But assuming we don't come in with bad health news, are you jumping back in with Zach Gallon? I mean, not fully where I was this year. Um, okay. You'll obviously take a kind of a, a huge drop um, in my rankings. Um, and I'm going to kind of stall while, I, while I, I pull up my rankings. Because my, my 2022 pitcher rankings are up. 
Um, let's go Patreon. Over on the Patreon. Um, now I'm, I'm, you know, this, the way I did it was like, I pretty much eyeball things, um, you know, and kind of, this is where I feel like they should go. And, and this, now this becomes my working list of where I'm going to start, you know, you kind of set that base and mm-hmm. start tweaking from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are going to be guys where you go, well, he definitely shouldn't be there. Um, Oh, I initially had set account 71. Oh, Okay. So I am not in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like extremely disagree with that off the top there. That's one of those where I might have to look at it, and I might end up disagreeing. But as is, I don't hear that. That doesn't hit my ear. Like, how could you? You're crazy. You know? Yeah, I mean, the the two guys in front of him, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marco Gonzalez, two guys behind him, Casey Mize, Alex Wood. Uh, uh, yeah, again, I, I I don't think that that's out of pocket there. I'm working on mine, uh, my 2022s as well, so I, I don't I don't have my guy or my ranking offhand. But uh, yeah, I mean, he has to come down. You know, we've got health issues, some performance, but uh, he could be one of those guys. Zach Allen could be that people start buying late and they really hit big, and then. Uh, a decent spring training sends him soaring up the board. And then people are talking about how, yeah, back in a December draft, I got him six rounds later type. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see Gallon having that kind of uh, off-season movement. Yeah, he, I mean, he's one of those guys where, uh, like you said, like I think people will take the discount on. Um, and it's just so hard. The question is, like, can he limit the home runs more than he has this year? Yeah, you know it's really can he stay healthy though? I think because yeah, I think I the home runs are kind of related. Well, is he healthy? To... I mean, I think there's oh, yeah. still some yeah. concerns. I mean, he had elbow issues, uh, you know, earlier this season. Like, is he is he back to being the guy that he was last year and the year before? I mean, and I think mm-hmm. I think we missed maybe some, you know, uh, some regression signs that probably were going to come anyways. Uh, I just didn't think it would be this bad. Yeah, I uh, I really agree with that. You know, I I like Gallon, and I was hoping that we would get a good year. And there's there's been ebbs and flows uh, to his season. I remember picking him up off a wire at one point, thinking he could be a bit of a savior. Mm-hmm. He has not been. <laughs> but uh, you know, there there's some viability to the start this week against the Dodgers to bring it back to that. But I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on his. 2022 trajectory of draft price absolutely john gray home giants no shot right um no i mean gray has actually been better at home this year as he consistently is by the way the reason why there's talk that they're going to sign him to a long-term deal at some point um because he is a free agent uh, at the the end of the year they'll botch it i'm sure yeah I, i don't understand how they haven't gotten it done yet He's like, I'll take um, three million a year for six years. They're like, oh, I don't know, that's a little steep. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, say, by the way, I'm joking, of course. Yeah. If it's not obvious uh, that you know that would be an obscenely good contract for the team, but they would find a way to botch it. They absolutely would. Yeah, because I mean, he's got a three seventy nine ERA at home and a four fifty nine ERA on the road. Um, so I mean, markedly better at home, and he's done this, you know, off and on throughout his career with the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, where he's just been better at home than he has been on the road, and so. You but even with that, I can't. 
I can't do it against the Giants. Your boys yeah, absolutely are not no. ready to ruin seasons. Man. Not not in the midst of like the craziest division uh, <laughs> battle that I can remember. I mean, exactly. This this is I I am having blood pressure issues because the Dodgers just won't go away. Yeah, because you know we just talked about how bad their offense is, and what's the first thing you said? They keep winning games. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't stop. Um, but yeah, you know, John Gray, to his credit, he's been pretty solid against the Giants. Uh, all told, five innings, three runs, four and a third, three runs. Not, you know, it's not great, but he had five strikeouts there. And then six innings, two runs. That one was at home as well. Um, so was the first one. But I still, I just can't do it. I just can't because that Giants offense, they they blister folks too. Like when they really get them, they get them good, and they they could feasibly end your season. So I know that can happen with any streamer at any moment, but I think the risk upside of that or the, uh, the, the probability of that is just too high to take the risk with John Gray. So we continue on uh, Ryan Weathers versus Atlanta. I don't even know if I should have included him because I don't know that it will be a long outing. I mainly included him to springboard for a next year discussion because he is a rookie who came out of the gate pretty nice. And I think there was a lot of excitement about him. He was pitching well as he was kind of getting stretched out and then got, got fully stretched out, had another good handful of starts. And then the, the, the second half is just, it's not been good. Um, April or August, excuse me, in, in particular was really bad. He's been mostly out of the bullpen here in September. So I don't even know if he's going to get a ton of innings. So I guess we can put aside the streaming aspect, but I'm still intrigued on how you feel about weathers for next year. He has a five twelve ERA, you know, barring a really good outing, this weekend and then next week, he's probably not going to get that under five. So he's going to be really cheap, but he's a 22-year-old lefty. Are you going to be in on, on Ryan Weathers as a as a uh, bargain bin pickup next year? I think it depends on what San Diego looks like they're going to be doing in the rotation. Like, as to whether or not he might start or not, is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, like, I think he's... I think if they're healthy, you know, if Lamette's healthy and Lamette's pitching right now, if Clevenger is healthy, you know, you know, and they get Musgrove, all Snell, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell, Darvish, like, where do you, and they're a team that, you know, they started off in a six man rotation, but now have a one man rotation. I know. Um, it's been so bad, dude. It, you know what the worst part about it is, is seeing all the San Diego pitchers. Uh, former San Diego pitchers around the league doing well. Yep. Quantrill, Eric Lauer, uh, like, <laughs> like they traded these guys away for nothing. And you know, they, they had depth. You talked about how they started out with a six. Like, it happens so fast. And there's a reason that you can never have too much pitching. Is such a powerful mm-hmm. adage. And you can say it's a cliche, but it is born of truth, man. It is so, so, so true. And they're living proof of that. It's been rough. 21 and a half games back. Where did that happen, dude? I mean. That is nuts. And it's all pitching related, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, uh, and I mean, in in the, in the, uh, the wild card for the second wild card, they're, I think, six games back. Like it's, like their season's done. Um, They're about done, yeah. They're about done. Now so, you got three, three clean innings against your boys uh, last time out. Three scoreless, I should say. Uh, he did have two hits allowed, but two strikeouts. If he would, I mean, he's starting though too, so no follower, which I know would be more appealing yeah, to if us. If he's actually Weathers. starting, you can't start him because there's no chance he gets a win. Exactly, um, and it is he, Atlanta too. 
yeah, if he if he were to be like the bulk guy, but the problem is like yeah, three innings in the last start, but a total of three and a third in the three previous outings. Yep, because he was so, in basically full on bullpen at that yeah. point for Weathers. So I uh, hang on, I'm looking right now to see if there's a primary or not. Um, no, oh hang on, this thing's bugging out. It's not listing. The right days. I was like, Joe Musgrove's starting. No, that's for next week. Pardon me. Um, no, it looks like he is actually starting, but that doesn't mean that it'll it still won't just be three or four innings. Yeah, I can't um, imagine he's going to go very deep. So I, 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 I would I'd avoid this. Yeah, I, I would too. No thanks on Ryan Weathers. Um, and then you mentioned Death Scalfani going to be in Colorado against those Giants or against those Rockies. Would you take that plunge with with Tony Disco and his home run issues in in that ballpark? Oh, that is probably unlikely. Um, I mean, one of the reasons he's good this year is he's cut the homers down to one point one. That's a big improvement for him. Um, but the second half has been bumpy. Couple injuries. ERA up from two sixty eight to four thirty eight. And fifteen of his nineteen home runs have been on the road. Go. So there you go. I think that that tells you what you need to know. I'm probably not messing around with Discofani. I think I'd rather start Gallon. Um, I think I would too. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Discofani looks at his own splits and resigns with the Giants. Right? Oh God! Please come on. Yeah, five of those homers on the road have been at Dodger Stadium in just 15 and two thirds. He's only had one start in Coors. It was four and a third, three runs on seven hits, but no homers. So I'm not changing my answer, though. So that's Saturday. Uh, Means and Hill were available, but they're not going to be as available. So then as far as the wide open guys, it's more of a a Zach Gallen. I had a little Jordan Lyles love. Jaime Berea, we gave a little interest in. It's a rough one on Saturday, like you said. But we were out heavily on Vlad Gutierrez. Eric Fetty, Morgan, um, Gray, Weathers, and Descalfani. You really don't want to be messing with those guys. Let's get over to Sunday. Chris Ellis, uh, lefty for Baltimore, going against Texas. So they get uh, back-to-back lefties with Means and Ellis. Um, uh, former prospect of some of some note from Atlanta to the Angels, now over to the uh now over to the Orioles. He was actually with the with the Rays earlier this year, too. Did not know that. Um, he's only gone five in two of his five starts. And uh, it was five on the button. But he does have a 282 ERA in those five starts. But then countering that, it's 14 strikeouts and 12 walks in those 22 and a third. So a lot of info there with Chris Ellis. Some pros, some cons. Yay or nay for you against Texas. Uh, I think it's probably a nay, um, in, in these, uh, last five starts, uh, he's only gone five innings twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said that. And, oh, okay. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, a ton, of, you. a ton of walks. And, yeah. Like it's, it's so much and, and bad strikeouts too. Yeah. And really bad strikeouts. And that, so it's like, what are you streaming him for? Not getting uh, a win. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, against Texas, you could actually. He probably, I, I yeah, he probably could. Um, I mean, you know, in spite of like us kind of roasting him, like his like 
in his last four starts, he's gone against Toronto twice and the Yankees twice. Oh, so putting up those numbers he's against them. Putting those numbers up against really good competition. Um, so, like, I think... I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah, I, I think I, I might I, actually do. Yeah, I think, I think we kind of... You talked it. us into it a bit more than where I was at, just because, like, there is actually a win possibility because it's Texas. Uh, he's got to get to that five-inning mark again. But, you know, maybe they're less inclined to, to get the walks that Toronto and the Yankees have gotten because they're Baltimore. So, yeah, I think uh, you know, it's our the first... Rangers. The Rangers, yeah, excuse me. It's our first one of Sunday, so I don't want to like fully commit to yeah, I love Sunday Chris Ellis. But, but I'm 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 intrigued by this, and I will actually counter myself here. Over the last thirty days, they have an eleven percent walk rate against lefties. That's fifth in the league. So mm. but I, I, I'm still open to this. I am too. Is is all I'll say. Oh, pardon me, that was at home um against lefties. Overall, they're at eight percent in eight uh which is twenty first. So not not as good there. But anyway, that's Chris Ellis. We've got some intrigue, but we're about to get into a lot more interesting names. So he might start to fall down. Um, you just mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez with regards to your uh, Zach Gallon ranking and how they're very close. Eduardo has a 497 ERA on the year, 139 whip. Um, you know, the underlying metrics like him a bit more to kind of get back to that mid to high threes ERA that he's been living at for, for a good while. Would you start him against the Yankees at Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez? I think I would. Um, I don't understand how he's not just kind of gotten positive regression <laughs> back to the mean. It's like the season's going to run out before he can catch up to those. Yeah. Underlying he's going to be a guy. I just have a ton of next year. Um, don't do that. I don't recommend that. Yeah, no, I will. I don't. But well, don't not? listen to me either. Yeah. Um, because I think even it, like I think his upside is pretty bland too. Like I think his upside yeah, is. Yeah, but he's going to be going outside the top fifty, top sixty starters next year. Yeah, he's going to go around there. I I have I feel like I'm higher on him, and I have him 69th. Nice. Um. We'll see. Okay. You, you Starting know pitching I, is super deep. Remember, I like, know you're saying that. I know. I know. I haven't done my full list yet, so I, I, I can't speak to it as much. I got to defer to you. You've done the legwork. Okay. So if he's, you know, if he's at the right price, I'm in. You know, everyone has their own price. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't liked the expensive version of Eduardo Rodriguez because I feel like, oh, well, you know, we know what we're getting. But if we're buying cheap because he had a five ERA this year and people really push him back. Then I can get in. Um, and as far as streaming goes, again, you're taking risks. Nothing's really that pretty or else it's not available. So I do think you have to kind of consider him pretty heavily here against the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, I think the big issue with him is he's just gotten bombed a few times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, gave up six and three and two-thirds against Tampa. You know, gave up five and three and two-thirds against Texas. Gave up six against Toronto. Like, like he's he's really really good and then he just every like three or four starts he's given up just a huge outing um and it ruins all the good work yeah and so like there's a chance that this is another opportunity for him to give up a huge outing um but he also could just be really really good so i think i would roll with him um i think i prefer the next guy over him actually the next two guys over him 
maybe the well, next let's get, three. Let's get into the first of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, his opponent in that game, um, you know, I think he's quietly had an okay season uh, for, for deep league folks, especially. He's been a guy that, you know, he's been pretty good. Uh, better than okay, pardon me. I thought his ERA was a little higher. 355 with a 124 whip for Jormont um, over a strikeout per inning. Uh, he has a blow up against the Mets uh, a couple of outings ago, but beyond that, he's been really good in the second half. In fact, that's his only start over three earned. He only has 11 starts. He did miss some time, but he has a 2.54 ERA with 60 strikeouts in 56 and two thirds second half innings. So I like Jormont here. He might not be as available as I thought he was because I, I remember, like I said, I had a higher perception of his ERA. So I'm going to look real quick. 63% of ESPN. So it's going to be sparse availability. Pardon me. He probably doesn't belong on this list. If he is available, I think it's a slam dunk. I will yeah, say that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he, yeah he's, been, he's been really, really good. And I know Boston can hit lefties. Um, but sure. uh, I, he's just been he's been so good. He's a guy I picked up in the second half uh, off of some waiver wires and just, you know, kind of as a streamer and then held on to him. Uh, and it's worked out really well. But um, while Boston does hit lefties really well, he's had three starts against Boston in the second half, and none of them have been, like, bad. Like you know, Yeah, exactly. You know. I, I, I like Jordan Montgomery quite a bit. Um, maybe not as much as I'm suggesting, though, because I didn't even know where his ERA was. So <laughs> some, some fan I am. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be shower league availability with Jormont. Definitely taking the plunge where I can and starting him if he's on your reserve and you've been like uh, – you know, I don't always start him against the tough teams. I think you go for it. Uh, you said you like this other guy more than Eduardo as well, and that's Shane Boz. What a debut. Here, yeah. Rook, um, have fun against Toronto to start your career. He's like, okay, cool. Two hits, two runs. There were two solos. Uh, five innings, zero walks, five strikeouts. Easy peasy. I thought this league was supposed to be hard. <laughs> and now he gets Miami. Um, so you know he's giving up five earned in, in four innings. Oh, God, don't say that. Like that. But um, I desperately hope he doesn't. I really like this kid. We saw him at the Fall League a few years ago uh, throwing 100-mile-an-hour BBs out of the bullpen. And I know there's been some talk of, like, some reliever risk to him, but not yet. And, you know, he could be instrumental for them in the playoffs. We did get word that he can make the playoff roster. Thank you uh, for the mm-hmm. Twitter user who did that, whose name – I wrote down, and I now cannot uh, I, find that I had that like sheet. seven people hit me up. Okay, great, great, great. I saw, I saw the one that so you replied to. So thank you all, all, all seven. Yes, appreciate y'all. But uh, yeah, I'm starting Shane Boz here. He is pretty available, only 19% at ESPN. So there's definitely going to be some 10 and 12 and team pretty availability. pretty much 100% at NFBC. 100% rostered, yeah. No, 100% available because he was. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, because he, he, he was when he debuted. Yeah, because people didn't draft him. So That's, that's right, yeah, um, because he debuted on tuesday or on monday so yeah he's available but that means they can't get him f- until for next week's start yeah but if you can pick him up this week do it absolutely uh, we're both in right here against miami right yeah i mean this is easily the the my favorite start of the weekend so um he was so impressive uh in the in that start against toronto and even the two home runs like they weren't necessarily bad pitches um they were just you know taken out so uh, I'm I'm super excited to watch him pitch again, especially against a little bit weaker competition. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to see how deep they let him go into the game. Are they going to let him Same. go 
five or six innings in this game. That's what I'd really like to see. Um, because again, then you can see the, the, the Shanes really being instrumental to their playoff success. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Shane Boz really intrigued by him. Another big start here. And then some playoff work would get him really hyped for 2022. So I got a question uh, for you. So yes. he, he gets a start against Miami and then the way it lines up is his last start of the season is against at the Yankees, who will still be probably competing for one of these last playoff spots, right? Yeah. Um, do you spend all your fab on Shane Boz if you're in an NFBC league? Um, yes. Okay. Even though yeah. it's the Yankees? Yep. Even okay. though it's the Yankees at the Yankees. At the Yankees, yeah. As long as he doesn't go, like, two innings here and they say, oh, he's going to go, you know, two to four innings next week too. If they don't say something like that and they, he just goes and has a solid outing against Miami for Shane Boz, I'm in because I just don't think you're getting much that's like markedly better. So let me take the shot there. He handled Toronto. Doesn't mean he's going to handle the Yankees, but I have confidence that he can. So yes, I, I'm I, I'm going to do that, by the way. Not, not just would I, but I'm going to do that. Yeah, I, I don't have enough fab in any leagues to end up with him more than likely. Um, but if I did, I, I, I would probably do the same. So that's Shane Boz. We like him a good bit. Uh, good old Wiley, Willie Peralta, man. He's got 83 innings of a 304 ERA, 123 whip, 5.14 Sierra. Tells you to be careful. But my dude just keeps going out there and getting those ground balls. The defense keeps turning them into outs. And despite his super hot 15% strikeout rate, that's so bad. <laughs> um, he has had this this really strong half season. Would you start Willie Peralta against KC? Yeah, I think yeah, it's just gonna ride it and hope that it works. Um, yep. Uh, 52% ground ball percentage. Um, like you said, the the uh, the underlying ERA uh, indicators are like. Nope, don't do this, but he just continues to make it work. Uh, and Kansas City is a bad team, so why yeah. wouldn't you do it? I mean, if you've, you've, you've either been doing it already or you've missed all the goodness so far. Yeah. But, like, this isn't a matchup you're scared of. No, it, it really isn't. I mean, you know, Peralta had two bad starts at the end of July, including one against these Royals, five and two-thirds, five runs. But... Since then, he's ripped off another eight starts of a – it's it's tabulating here. Pardon me. Um, well, he hasn't given up more than three earned in eight. 241 ERA in 41 innings with 28 strikeouts. But, yeah, I mean it's uh, – the skills say don't do this, but I'm going to ride the hot hand here against a good matchup. This is what streaming's about. You have to take gambles. I would take this gamble with Willie Peralta. Can't believe I'm actually saying those words. Honestly, uh, what about his opponent, Chris Bubich, against Toronto or at, at Detroit? Um, Detroit not clicking on offense quite as much as they were for a good while. They're still winning games. It's kind of like 
This is such a stretch to say this. It's kind of like the Dodgers. They're pretty much the same team. Hey, yeah, just, it's exactly uh, the same team. I'm just saying in the same yeah, vein no. of what you were saying earlier mm-hmm. about how the offense is sputtering, but they're still winning. But uh, Bubich is actually kind of on one a bit. He's been pretty good this month, but you, you go back over his last uh, six appearances, which includes one relief appearance uh, and five starts. He has a 394 ERA in 29 and two-thirds innings with 30 strikeouts. Would you take a shot on Bubich against the Tigers here? Who? Um, yeah, I think I might. Um, like last three starts have been decent. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're middle against... of the pack. By the way, sorry, uh, middle of the pack last thirty days against lefties with a three twenty two wOBA that sits sixteenth in the league. Uh, I feel like it's a bit risky because he's not like a big strikeout guy. Um, but, we did just say start Willie Peralta, though. Yeah, we did just say start Willie so. Peralta. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think I would start Willie Peralta over him, mm-hmm. uh, just because I like the matchup, uh, especially better uh, at least against the Royals as opposed to against the Tigers. But agree, uh, he's going deep enough in games where he should be able to give you a win uh, if, if the uh, if the Royals do win that game. Um, he's you know he's he's only given up what one home run his last five outings that's um, really nice yeah uh, and it's in detroit too so yeah i think he's got some viability as well chris bubich all right jake odorizzi at oakland um gonna kind of be i think in uh, hang on let me check i think a little bit higher than oh no no quite a bit lower 22 percent yet espn so widely available i thought he might be a little bit uh unavailable but no he's out there jake odorizzi is uh he loves only going two two times through the order never never gets completely irate about that well then get somebody out the third time you know um <laughs> uh, but anyway has he I not like, like looked at his own splits where it's just i like, mean see, see, like on some level i i feel like it's a math is dumb guy I, I guess but i feel like it's kind of like eyewash where you like he doesn't want to admit that it's like so useful and good. So he wants to be like, I'm the team player. I want to go seven every time. It's like, no, dude, do your five, maybe six, and it works for you. Now, he only got an inning in the third last time out. I don't remember what. Do you know why that was? It was, was? a foot issue. Okay, okay. Well, as long as he's good to go here against Oakland, I'm going to take the shot. He's off the IL, ready to go, and uh, I'm going to do it. Or, or he will be coming off the IL, ready to go, assuming that that – doesn't change. So this is a return from the IL start from a midfoot sprain. Jaco Rizzi at Oakland strike your fancy. Uh, I think so. The only, my only concern is that they don't let him go deep enough to get the win just coming off the IL. Um, but it's Dusty Baker. So who knows? Uh, you know. I mean, he can get his five. Yeah. Like his last outing was on the 13th. The last time he went, you know, deeper was the seventh with 66 pitches for five innings. Like, I don't think that he needs to be babied here. They might just because they can, because they can go Christian Javier for three innings, like right after him or something. Um, but I, I don't think Odorizzi should be at major, at major innings cap risk outside of his standard two times through. I really want to sit down and do the math on it. Um, but uh, because like, I feel like, you know, for some pitchers, we do home and road splits. For some, you know, pitchers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we do, you know, other splits. 
Um, he needs a Texas and Seattle and rest of the league split. Eight <laughs> of his 21 starts this year have been against Texas or Seattle. Wow. And if you look at the other starts, he gave up four against Kansas City. He gave up six against the Dodgers. Gave up four against uh, the White Sox. Um, like Most of his bad starts are against the rest of the league. <laughs> that is interesting. Five against Detroit. Um yeah, so I, I gotta right. sit down and like just spreadsheet it out real quick and into a little fun like, hey, you know, if he hadn't faced Texas and Seattle, like what would his ERA be? Um, I'm sorry, did did you point out how the last five in a row are against those two teams? I did not. I, I didn't even point that out. Yeah, the last five at Texas, home for Seattle, at Seattle, at Texas, home for Seattle. <laughs> like it's, it, I I don't I don't know that I've seen this in a long time. No, um, that is wild. Uh, and somehow he's been effective against all those teams or against Seattle and Texas. Like they, they've seen him, you know, you know, combined total eight times and, uh, last outing, uh, well, last outing he got pulled from Texas, but I mean, you know, five, uh, innings against Seattle, two earned runs, you know, five innings against Texas, two earned runs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go for this with Odrazi. Like I said, I'm, I'm predisposed to, to liking him. I'm, I'm a big fan and, they're come. They're bringing him off unless I see something explicit that says he's going to be managed to a three inning sort of deal. If I don't see anything like that, full go for me with Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, I think so. Uh, his opponent, Paul Blackburn, brilliant first name. However, most leagues don't give you any credit for great first names. Mm, it's true. Uh, Five seventy five ERA, one eighty two WHIP, and in the last thirty days with a sixteen percent strikeout rate, he's basically getting. The results that Willie Peralta should be because they have the same, you know, uh, strikeout to walk ratio, and Willie's getting all the good fortune, and Paul Blackburn's just eating crap left and right. Uh, I don't think you're going to start him against Houston here, but I'll let you speak for yourself. No. Paul Blackburn, yay or nay? No. Yeah, no shot. I don't even think we need to spend any more time on it. Dane Dunning at Baltimore. He'll be facing the aforementioned Chris Ellis. Um, Dane Dunning. Comes over in that Lance Lynn deal. I liked that move uh, for both teams. I thought picking up a 25-year-old, uh, or 26-year-old, interesting arm. He's been pretty good. 110 innings, 434 ERA, 146 or 143 whip. Whip's a little high. Obviously, you need to give up fewer hits. But I think they've they found themselves something mid 20s arm who can be in the middle of the rotation. Do you take a shot with him in Baltimore this weekend? Dunning. Absolutely not. But that being said, I like to trade initially, and I still like it uh, for Texas uh, as well. Um, he has not gone five innings in uh, an appearance since uh, August 2nd. That and is his last, good. Yeah, his last three starts, in total, he has five and two-thirds. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a no-go. So, he, yeah, they, they are limiting him. Uh, kind of limiting his workload. He's got a long injury history. So limiting... He's getting a scuble mize situation where it's just yeah. purposeful shortened outings yeah, and, and just starting him. And even more extreme than that. Yeah, because you're saying five total innings in the last yeah, three he, starts combined. His last three starts, he's gone two and two-thirds, two and one. Okay, yeah, we can't do that with Dane Dunning. I do like him for next year, though. A one to like three dollar guy in your deeper leagues. Yes, uh, and I'm 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 intrigued by him. I think there's enough upside there to be a useful piece. Uh, Jesus Lazardo at Tampa Bay. He had a little glimmer there, where I think he got some folks suckered back in. 
promptly pulled the rug out from under them <laughs> with back-to-back duds against Washington. We talk about how that Washington team's actually been hitting. Yeah, he had a, a three-start run. He ripped Cincinnati, which they're dreadful against lefties, so that wasn't even that surprising. Solid against Philly and the Mets as well. He was a, an out short of a quality start in both those outings. So people are starting to get some excitement back in Jesus Lazardo. Four and a third, four, four, and four innings, five runs. Those are the two outings against Washington his last two times out. I think there's way too much downside here, particularly against the Rays. I say no go on Lazardo, but similar to Dunning, I'm going to keep an eye on him for next year. Yeah. Um, I, you sound tepid to where you're not even in for next year necessarily. I don't know that I – I mean – Abba, he'll, last he'll, pick? He'll be on my you know board, but um, – yeah, I, I don't. You got to see something. You're not buying the name blindly. I think that because if that's where you're at, that's fair because I, I, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm intrigued, but I got to see some reason to buy in the offseason. Talking about like a pitch or alter mechanics or some reasoning behind this yeah, year being I, so bad type of deal. I mean, I've got to see something because, I mean, like at this point, he like isn't that much different than like, you know, Vincent Velasquez. No, um, he's really not. So uh, I think his name value, like I, I think this, like not instantly having like a rebirth with Miami will bring Lazardo's mm-hmm. name value down, and maybe we can start to get reasonable prices on him because now, they've done a great job. The organization Miami has done a great job with pitching. Um, yes, and so maybe like that alone means I should have ranked him in my top one hundred and fifty, but I didn't. No, and I don't think that that's completely out of bounds to be like uh, I got him. I'm I'm playing the wait and see game. I think he'll make my top 150, but not to he, such a he'll level. He'll jump I... into my top 150. I think this is more of an oversight. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I like I, all right. Let me let me throw some guys at you who okay. are kind of at the back end of my top 150. Would you rather have Jesus Lazardo next year or? Um, uh, Edward Cabrera. Ah, teammate. Um, give me Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, Lazardo or Nick Pavetta. Like, why? Why do you might, hate me? It might be like a mirror type thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Lazardo there. I think I just think there's more upside, and I know that's like I'm kind of basing it almost explicitly on the the age factor, but I think that's enough to do it there. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take Lozardo over Pavetta. Like Pavetta is who he is, unless like I just it would take a a sharp change of like an Arsenal redo or me- mechanic redo. Otherwise, he's who he is. He's a high fours, best case scenario, uh, with a home run issue. Lozardo has the chance to be a lot more. Would you lose? Oh, I think you're easily doing this. Um, I, I will say there are a lot of like rookie pitchers next year, potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, you've it's got uh, Max Meyer, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall, uh, Mackenzie Gore, Nate Pearson, Edward Cabrera. Well, Manning's he'll probably lost his eligibility. Uh, Is Forrest Whitley ever going to be in the major leagues? Well, he got Tommy John. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's so, right. That's right. I don't, Part. And I don't know that he will ever be in the major league. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know either. So, but uh, yeah, but I also, forgot about uh, DJ. Pardon me. Asa Lacy, George Kirby, Nick Lodolo, uh, Bobby Miller. Um, Damn. 
It's a, a re, and that doesn't even include like Reed Detmers and, and guys like that. That's a nice class. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, again, need to actually see a reason to jump back in on Lazardo. The name value alone just doesn't do it. Yeah. Because this was a disaster. And I felt like we were overrating last year a little bit and ignoring, glossing over some of his issues with like the home runs. He'll definitely be in my top 150 when I uh, do another update probably this weekend, uh, though I am redoing my my office this weekend. So we'll see if I get to an update. But um, some insulation, baby. Let's go. Here we go, baby. Won't be 30 degrees in my office anymore. Um, But. Just looking at where I might slot him in on my list, like I, 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 if I slot him in at like 125, I'm not getting him next year. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. Like, if people want to want to just stay bought in on the name, you know, I still want to do this. I, I've never done this, but I still want to conduct a draft. Uh, blind, where it's just the stats, and people just pick the stats, and they're like player B, and you know pitcher sixty three type of deal, because I would love to see where some guys like this go, where they don't have their name value, and you're just going off the stats, and he would like go undrafted, and be like ah, Jesus Lazardo went undrafted. I just want to see how that would go. I'd have to set it up. Isn't that? I mean, I mean, that's kind of similar to like the retro drafts, right? Like, I mean, you know, where you still the see you still see the names, but you're really drafting based on the stat. That's lines. true. That's true. No, you're right. It's not the opposite. But um, but because the stats, I'm saying we would draft for the future year, though. With the retro, mm. you're drafting those years' stats. I'm saying we would draft for 2022. Oh, using... you draft based on rank. Based on just the numbers, like I would put in some key numbers of like the last two years, we'll say 20 and 21. Um, it would be strikeout to walk ratio, um, whip, hit nine, homer nine type deal. Like it can't give away innings because that might be obvious who it is. So I'm trying not to give away anything obvious of who the player is, but just give some statistical info and then have people draft is what I want to do. And I wonder where somebody I mean, you like know me. I'll, I'll, I'll do any draft. Hey, so I'm, you've, you've got at I least to, one person. I just need to set it up. Yeah. I just need to set it up. And again, I think I have to conduct it as opposed to be a part of it because when I'm setting up the spreadsheet, I would probably just pick up bits of info. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know exactly would, who. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, the 2.2 homer per nine is Nick Pavetta. Don't draft him, you know. So anyway, maybe I'll get that set up, a little 10-teamer, five-round action or something in the offseason. But uh, we're out on Lazardo for this year and probably next the both of us unless things change with his price let's talk about another young arm adonis medina for philadelphia he's a prospect of some note who um debuted last year briefly one start four innings and has only had five and two-thirds at the major league level this year including a three and two-third inning start last time out when he threw 69 pitches though so he's kind of on the cusp there if he's getting 69 pitches he could go five. Is Adonis Medina enough, uh, have enough interest for you going against Pittsburgh to maybe take a shot here if if the win aspect isn't desperate because he might not go five? Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to go five, so I'm, I'm very reluctant to go for that. So, And even if he does go five, like how many strikeouts are we really looking at? I don't know. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Doesn't have a great K rate in the minors. In fact, his AAA numbers Didn't were Pittsburgh pretty brutal. Didn't Pittsburgh just rock uh, 
Uh, I mean, every every, every oh. team's gonna gonna have a <laughs> um, shiny shiny day here and there and, and beat up some guys that they quote unquote shouldn't. But he, his, you know, I'm I'm not trying to advocate for Medina. His K his K per nine and walks per nine are the same. His strikeout and walks per nine are the same. You yeah. said, yeah, so far. All right. Well, that's not very good. So I, I agree. There's a very low probability here, but I didn't yeah, want to bring him up because he's got eleven percent, eleven eleven and a half percent strikeout rate and eleven and a half percent walk rate. That's awful. Neither that's are good. Brutal. Like neither. No. Like you couldn't even get one that were good. Yeah, you couldn't do like a twenty five percent strikeout, but also twenty five percent walk. At least you'd have uh, a good. I was hoping his swing and strike rate was eleven and a half percent, but. That would have been great. That would have been great. So um, pretty much no on Medina. I'm cool with that. What about Josh Rogers uh, for the Nats going up against Cincinnati? And I talked about how they're god-awful against lefties. Josh Rogers himself, nice little lefty here, who's been pitching pretty well. He has a 2.16 ERA, a 1.00 whip. Um, He beat up – no, never mind. He did not beat up these – Reds. I don't know who I'm mistaking him for, but uh, no, he's been killing the Marlins, the Pirates, and decent against the the Mets in his four starts. Does Josh Rogers against uh, the the Reds and their lefty woes appeal to you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, just because he has gone deep into games, uh, and he has not been bad in any game yet. Now, I mean, the level of competition isn't great, but... True. Um, and I don't think you're going to get many strikeouts at all. Uh, but if you're just win hunting, um, I think you definitely uh, could do worse um, than than Josh Rogers. I just think there's so many good matchups on Sunday that it's hard to want to go with a guy like Rogers. This is a good matchup, though. Again, they're dreadful. Yeah, but are, okay, but like compare them to the other guys we've talked about. Like, would you rather do Josh Rogers than Jake Odorizzi? Now that's not fair because you know I'm an Odorizzi stan. So okay, well, you're I'm gonna right, ask no. you other ones too. So uh, no, I like Odorizzi more. Yes, go what ahead. What about Bubich? No, I would go Rogers there. Okay, what about Peralta? I go Wiley. Okay. Um, obviously, taking Shane Baz, Jordan Montgomery. What about Eduardo Rodriguez? I would go Rodgers. Okay. So you're higher on Rodgers than me. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm not I, taking Rodgers over any of those guys. I want to take advantage of that Cincinnati matchup. They're, they've been so brutal against lefties. They've just choked every opportunity, they, every opportunity they've had this year. So I think there could be uh, a solid Josh Rodgers outing. I don't want to overrate him. Oh, maybe you think I already am. But I, I like him. Um I don't think Not you're overrating him. I just don't think – I'd rather take the established guys. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, his, t- his opponent, Tyler Molly. only reason I'm bringing him up, this is not a waiver situation. He's not available anywhere. This is a team start-sit sort mm-hmm. of deal. Are you familiar with his home road split? Uh, not off the top of my head. It is vast. Oh, it is wow. stark. 610 ERA at home, 155 or 154 whip because of 19 homers in 72 and a third innings. 185 and .99 on the road with just five homers in 97 innings. There's a clear issue here. That's why I think there is some credence to this home road situation. He's had home run issues throughout his career, so it's not a unlucky new thing for Tyler Molly. 
Do you consider sitting him against these tough Nats, as we've outlined? They're playing pretty well. Do you sit Tyler Molly here um, in a protection scenario or even in a, you know, not full-on protection? Because I think that makes it even easier. Just if you're, like, competing, you're kind of there. You can gain or lose in ERA and whip. Is this a Tyler Molly sit situation because of that home road split? I think it is. Um, his triple slash against at home, 280, 354, 536. I, wait, what was the OBP? Three, uh, 354. So that's a 940 player. I want to find a 940 OPS player like that. Who who does he turn the opposition into at home, Tyler Molly? He turns them into Joey Votto on the button. He has a 940 OPS exactly. So everyone's Joey Votto this year um, against Tyler Molly at home. Or uh, another teammate, Jesse Winkers, at a 949 OPS or 953 OPS for Shohei Otani. You get the point. Yeah. He turns them into premium players. I can't remember the last time I saw that drastic of a split. I know. My uh over a my full comments, season. My comment section put me on that uh during the SP chart article. They they pointed out, you know, have you seen what Molly's doing? Because I, I called him an auto start because I've been just starting him blindly this year. Uh yeah, they're dead they're dead on. You have to be careful. It's bad, dude. And then you throw in, the, again, the fact that the Nats have been high-key pretty nice throughout um, a lot of the, the second half, even after trading all their guys. So that makes it even more difficult, I think. Yeah. Trade him to San Francisco. Oh, my God. He would he would absolutely Trade, trade him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Except for Colorado. Yeah. Um, yeah, except for Colorado where his brother Greg Molly used to pitch a lot. But anyway, that, I just wanted to bring that one up for that reason. Uh, Max Kranick. Uh, going for the Pirates at Philly. Any interest there? Max Kranick has a 728 ERA and 175 whip for the year in 29 and two-thirds innings. Uh, no. Okay. I don't need to expound on that. We finish with Antonio Senzatella, speaking of Colorado, against those Giants. But Antonio Senzatella having a pretty good year. 414 ERA, 128 whip. Um He's been rolling in the second half, home and away for the most part. Uh, he's been on a three-game home stretch. There are two quality starts. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, the, the It's two roads and a home. I'm an idiot. But anyway, his last three, six innings, four runs against the Dodgers at home, and then six innings, two runs against the Phillies and Atlanta in their ballparks. Uh, you look at his second half overall for Sensatella. He has a 340 ERA and 55 and a two-thirds innings. Is there enough here? Is there enough juice for the squeeze with Antonio Sensatella for you? I don't think I would do it against the Giants. Uh, Giants That's the scary part, man. Too good. Uh, That being said, I did start him in a league this week for the two start versus the Dodgers and versus the Giants. So, um, but that's a league where I really needed wins. Um, So you were you were taking the hail mary, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a DC where like running out of options cause you can't add or drop. So, yeah. no, I think that's, uh, I think that's fair to point out, but I, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a good one. It, it's very scenario dependent. I'm going to say that I'm going to cop out a little bit on that and say that 
Normally, I'm trying to avoid this because it's the Giants and Colorado, but some of y'all are going to have to be desperate enough to to do it. And, but and if he's desperate he gives enough you to do upside. it, wouldn't you rather do Josh Rogers? I mean, uh, maybe both though. Why not both? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, who's available? You know, mm-hmm. like it's one of those things. You're right, and I would go Josh Rogers over Sensatella, but again, you might not have the the option to be yeah, you may be in a head-to-head playoff where like you just need to stream everybody that day and so and, and they already picked up rogers mm-hmm. you know so i just want to point out that you know there there are scenarios where i can do this this sensatella situation as nerve-wracking as that would definitely be yeah all right well that's gonna wrap it up justin you got any plans this week well actually you already you already hit on them you're yeah. rearranging your office yeah yeah i as soon as we're done here i'm gonna edit the pod and set it over and then i'm going to be spending today emptying my office so that way i can insulate it and drywall it and mud and tape and paint and uh so there will probably not be a weekend episode with jason Okay, uh, and we'll have to figure out how we'll do the Monday episode. Monday, I don't know that my office will be, but my office definitely will not be put back together by Monday. No so. problem. If you, if you can't, then I will put something up. Otherwise, be all right. Um, send picks because I do want to see how yeah, it's yeah. going. Uh, and I picked a Giants orange as the paint. Very nice. I like that a lot. I'm a fan of the color orange myself. And your uh, your boys are awesome this year. So, all right, man. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope everything goes well with the DIY project. And I will either talk to you early next week or sometime in the middle, late next week area. Yep. Take it easy. Yeah. It was 80 something. I don't know. How much have you had to drink this morning? Oof. Now that, I don't want to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. Yeah, plus, because I'm putting uh, this at the back of the episode. I'm a lid. <laughs> <laughs>